and this is episode three, and episode three is titled Failures. The reason that I want to examine some of these failures so early on is because I want people to know that the reason that I'm doing this podcast is really a lot for myself. I went from working with people all day long my whole entire life. I began working at the Flapjack Shack when I was like 13, 14 years old as a busser and I worked in the restaurant and bar and hospitality industry all the way up until I began with student teaching in 2003 and so then to take over my journey in public education for another several years 13 or so years in Charlotte schools um, I was with people all day every day and when I jumped out and began this new journey I was pretty solo my son was home with me last year with which was an absolute blessing and we got to do so many fun things but he was three and a half four years old and so I did not have the constant adult interaction and engagement that I had spent two-thirds to three-quarters of my life with an employment like I was used to which is one of the reasons why when he went to school and I started jumping into new battlegrounds with self-employment, podcasting seemed like a really great door for me to get my ideas out there, to reflect, and to hold myself accountable for some of the things that I want to do some of the things that I say I'm doing, and some of the things that I've done. And so this podcast, I'm going to talk about my failures because that is what drives me to get up and try so much harder every single day in this self-employment journey. When we went through time change there was a dipping in my hours with VIP kid when we had hurricanes and unsteady internet and power issues there was a dipping of my hours with VIP kid and I lost quite a chunk of income that I was used to bringing in I had done a lot of playing on the internet before out school took up my eastern standard time while my children are in school 
And so there are some other companies and some other things that I did to make money. And um, I want to share those experiences with you. They, they, I consider them failures because I'm not doing them anymore. They, they were things that either I learned from it, I didn't like it. I learned from it, it wasn't worth it. I learned from it, I didn't make it. Um, those examples. But there's a lot of different things out there for people that want to work from home, um, for people that need to pick up extra income. And so I'm just going to share a few of those things with you. One of the companies that I worked for was called Appen. And this was a unique company where I did research for them. And I was sent spreadsheets of SEO queries and I went through and helped them determine Google searches, which was so fun, but there was a learning curve there. So I had to teach myself a lot of shortcuts so that I wouldn't waste time. Um, When I logged in to Appen, you got paid for how much you got done in a specific time frame. So I remember at the beginning trying to learn how to operate some of the different functions and it was taking me forever and I knew that if I didn't get faster I would never be able to make any money with it. And so I did it for a month and I enjoyed a couple different projects for them. I did some research with inquiries with Facebook searches and I learned a lot more about social media and what's out there which I I take everything as a connection so now as I'm building my own business pages up on Facebook and adding um, different tools and know different apps and things that work in sync with Facebook I'm glad that I had a chance to play around with Appen and generate a little bit of change I didn't make a lot of money I couldn't work fast enough and learn fast enough for the time that it took to go through all of the different searches and learn the functionalities and be able to sort Um, it it was good and it helped me understand how to set up my blog it helped me understand how Google worked better it helped me understand how people make money with internet hits and activity but it was definitely a failure and I and I they send me once in a while they'll send me another opportunity hey do you want to do this they'll send me um, more research I've had a couple textbook inquiries because they do a profile on you so it doesn't matter what your background is um, obviously with me doing Facebook searches and Google searches and research for them that that had nothing to do with my educational background so you could log into Appen and build a profile. You put up your resume and they they just start sending you jobs that they think that you could um, do. And it's 1099. It's all contracted. And 
and computerized and that and it's easy you could do it from Panera you it's it's just easy work but it's not great money unless you're really fast at the specific things that they're looking for so that was Appen and then I worked for a company um, out of Pearson called Testbest and that company I I still every once in a while pick up jobs with them that was a lot of fun it was students um, in China that were high school age preparing for the second learning language exams and I had done TESOL prep with some of my VIP kids and so it was easy for me to apply and get picked up it was a 1099 as well a portal you log in and you did a couple modules where you understood how the test worked and then you just went in and started pulling students assignments down and, and scoring it was paid per test item per score and there was a timer as well and it showed you before you timed out so some of them were really easy for me to score and then some of them the feedback took so long because you had to give written and verbal feedback and you know I, I care about kids in education I, I didn't want to half-ass what they were paying for in their service because these kids their goals are to get these certifications in English for university and so that you know I had fun and I made a few hundred bucks here or there with the company but I don't log in anymore um, there are faster ways for me to make money and I know it's there for an opportunity if I need it and it gave me a good link to high school TESOL prep because I teach kids in China every day so it was great for me to help them know where they had to go and also guide their parents in some of the feedback that I gave them but it wasn't anything that I was going to jump in and log in every day and bust my butt at because once again it was paid for your time and some of it was really time consuming for the same price as you know a two three word response that took me no time at all so wasn't really effective for making a lot of money but it was once again another door to help me with future projects I worked with uh, freelance on Upwork doing a couple of different summer projects which was great because I was writing standardized tests um, and test prep books on my own time. The way that it works is you set up a profile in Upwork. Um, it's a freelancing site, so anybody that wants to write, and they have all sorts of projects on there. Um, you can pay a membership upgrade, and it will give you more things to unlock and more high-paying people to see and, and that sort of thing. But I just put my profile up there with a video and my qualifications and people picked me, which was great. And so I wrote a couple different um, passages for 6th through 12th grade. I did an entire test prep booklet for a country, um, a, a TESOL certification with 
reading comprehension and the rates vary so there's some really awesome paying jobs out there and then there's some really mediocre paying jobs and you can apply for the contracts or you can wait for people to pick you up um, I've applied for a couple different jobs and I've gotten a chance to see inside of some cool STEM schools over in um, Japan, over in Thailand, where I've kind of helped them with brainstorming and curriculum ideas. Um, just skeletons of English language arts curriculum that they're developing for their students summer school programs that they were developing for the, their students so that helps with culture you know one thing that I love and I continue to say that I love about out school is that it's all over the world so I just have this great chance to meet so many different families from so many different places and walks of life and religions and cultures and I, I just think that's just a really wonderful educational opportunity for me and for the students so when I do these other jobs with freelancing it gives me a good look in what international education can be and the irony is that I worked at an IB school and I was an IB coordinator for an international curriculum for several years and I had lots of professional development and I went to lots of workshops about what makes an IB program but to see some of these other international schools and the differences between public education in the US and education all over the world it's just eye-opening it's it's fascinating and I love learning it drives me to want to learn more. It drives me to want to travel and um, to continue to work with families all over the world in terms of education and giving their kids the best curriculum that they, they need as learners and, and to thrive in their own educational journeys. So... Upwork was a fail for me because it was something that you kind of have to stay consistent with. So always be looking for jobs, always be answering inquiries, be interviewing. There was a lot of extraneous labor that I could log on and teach a few classes and make that money up and I enjoyed that more so for the big contract things the things that I made you know more than a couple thousand dollars for that was great because it was summertime and I was getting a chance to do it when my kids were watching a movie downtime or on a rainy day or when they were at the library and I could write and I wasn't stuck teaching live and trying to manage my kids while they were home. So I loved that aspect and, and I probably would go back to it if I didn't have the flex classes in out school that give me that extra freedom of having the virtual non-committed um, classes out there. So I wouldn't say that it was um, 
unsuccessful, but it was definitely unsuccessful for me in terms of steady income. Like you have to be on there looking for jobs, um, putting in bids for contracts and um, talking to people. And I just, I couldn't give that with the other companies that I was already engaged in and, and productive in. And then we have Teachers Pay Teachers. So Teachers Pay Teachers came out several years ago. And it's really cool because you are, as a teacher, you're always creating crap. You like, not crap, great work. But you're always making a worksheet or you're always making a graphic organizer or you're always coming up with something that you got to do to print out so that the kids can process what is happening. And Teachers Pay Teachers, you just post it and people pay for it but the thing is is that at this point now it has to be all original it has to be high demand and you've got to be able to market yourself and put time into the products so some of the things that I have done I've developed um, guides for more middle school resources because there's so much there's an abundance of elementary stuff that was out there and I and I thought at first well let me go ahead and and start doing some Montessori mom stuff because I had Hunter at home with me and we were doing all this Montessori prep work to get him ready for Highland Mill and I was like well I'm already making this stuff I might as well make some lesson plans and and put it out there for other moms to use but it's already all over the place and I listened to a podcast a couple weeks ago and this woman um, she does like scarves for breast cancer awareness and they were interviewing her like what is the thing that you need to know before you jump out um, to entrepreneurship and to self-employment in this journey and she was like make sure you research what's already out there and I was just Floored by how ignorant I had been thinking that there wasn't already 65 million Montessori moms out there because Montessori starts at such a young age of course there's stuff out there for little kids that aren't in school yet that want to follow that Montessori mindset and philosophy and so I, I realized after I created one or two pieces I was like well the this was a complete flop because there's so much already out there that you can buy. Nobody's going to stop and look at my lessons that were cute because I did them with my kid. Like, they were cute because they were personalized to me. But it was already out there in, in lots of bundles and lots of different ways for parents to get a hold of. And that's really the same thing with YouTubing and trying to like monetize your YouTube channels with things. So I was thinking, you know, I've I've done some YouTube videos for VIP Kid, um, more or less to get my blog out there and to get more readers um, to monetize that. And now starting my podcast as well, just to generate another place for people to see me and know what I'm doing and. YouTube that you know YouTubing is a sensation but it's really really hard there are so many people making money out there doing the same things on YouTube they're not making a lot of money they're just making chunk change and so 
if you're going to do something like that, you know, that's what made me think about this lady's podcast. And you got to do your research and make sure that nobody else out there has that idea. And so my stuff's up on teacher pay teachers. And every once in a while, I'll go for a run and I'll get an idea. Um, During state testing last year, I was running and I was thinking about like how crappy it was to give those state tests. EOGs are such the pits in North Carolina and you have to walk around for four hours and watch the kids take a test. And what could we do that made those days a little bit more fun? What could we do around the class to, because you can't give the kids anything that has to do with relationship to the test, what they're testing, the walls have to be bare and all of that. So I've come up with like some scavenger hunts and things in my head. And also when um, like beginning of the year stuff that I've thought about that I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is out there. And I'll, I'll look through teachers, pay teachers and do a search first and make sure that nothing not, you know, isn't close to what I'm thinking before I take the time to make it a piece. And so I, I don't spend a lot of time on there. My academic conversations for middle school are definitely my best sellers. And that's probably because middle school resources are not out there in the same way as the elementary. So my bundles get picked up Um, quite a bit. I have some cool um, unit plans that go with delivering literature and informational text together and um, some differentiation tools that I put together for teachers. But I don't put a lot more effort than that up there. So it's cool when I get paid each month for the few things that I sell because I'm not doing anything more than the original creating. But with teachers pay teachers... I see the big money makers are the ones that are connected to all of their different social media. And I, I have to believe that some of these teachers aren't um, moms of three small kids and a puppy and trying to train for marathons and do 75 other things because they have beautiful websites and they've paid the money up front to do beautiful fonts and and the books that they come up with they are spending hours and hours of time to put these things together so I think that that could have been something that I made money um, with several years ago but it was definitely a failure right now there's just so much out there and now moving into online education the things that I'm creating now more or less go with brand new books that I'm reading. So if a book jumps out that hasn't been read before and I'm working on it with one of my one-to-one kids, I might put something up there that I've already created for them just because I know that it's a brand new book. So there's probably not a lot of material on it. Zoe and um, her cat Sassafras, that whole series is awesome. And there's not a lot of stuff out there yet. So I'm building as I work through Zoe and Sassafras with a couple of my um, six and seven year olds. I'm, I'm putting those things and those materials and resources up on my Teachers Pay Teachers site because, I mean, it's not hurting anything. So if somebody doesn't buy it, it's not, it doesn't matter because I already created it. I'm just putting it up there. It's not an extra second of my time. But um, as terms as it, 
it I would call it a failure because there are people out there that like generate a true income with teachers pay teachers and that is their business and their store is their income and that's not the way for me right now but I learned a lot and I learned a a lot about what it means to start your own business and ideas from doing the work products and getting the feedback and going through some of the teachers pay teachers Facebook pages and reading about things that are common um, and reading about new trends in teaching tools and tech tools and strategies you know none of that is and all of that adds value like nothing was a complete waste of my time and so I think that that's kind of what this failures episode is about so these failures were totally okay and there were some times where we were more broke than we are today there were times where I got on a an internet research kick and wasted a whole bunch of time and didn't generate any income from it but I look at some of those things And I still see value because I'm constantly educating myself. And I don't know how you could not be a teacher um, and not constantly be overwhelmed with how much knowledge there always is out there to acquire it makes me want to go back to grad school again and again and I see some of my friends that are doing their doctoral fellowships and their research and it just oh it makes me just want to add that and I can't add it to my plate today but it's never far from a dream to go back to school and to continue to learn and write and study because there's so much out there. So those were, you know, learning moments and and they are failures because they didn't pump me up to a, a place where we were financially stable. I had to learn a lot and there were some days where I was just like, what are you doing, Mel? Like, everybody's right. You were crazy. You were crazy for leaving. But now that I see that it was a process and that there was stillness in the process and failures in the process and, oh, every day it just motivated me because I wasn't satisfied. I knew that I could do this. And as I jump into the next two months with my clients, uh, on OutSchool and the new families that I'm about to start working with um, January 1st. I've got like 10 new families that are becoming a part of my family and I just love that. I love the idea of getting to work with moms and the idea of getting to work with kids and my own family at the same time. I spent the morning yesterday with my son and the pre-k kids and kindergartners in their uh, reading buddies program and I thought 
no, I'm not getting paid for this. And people probably are like, I can't believe she's going into the public schools and volunteering your time and blah, 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 blah. Like, and then you say you're broke and you need to make money or whatever. Well, so that's also something that I learned. Like, I saw the passion in these kids' eyes as they're struggling to read. And I get to practice some of my own questioning styles and see kids light up with success and build the the community within my own kids school where my daughters now see me in there and my son sees me and knowing that the teachers know that I I just value so much what they do every day they just work their butts off and anything that I can do to donate time It's way worth it for me to set an alarm for 2.45 a.m. and get up and work on my flex classes and editings. It's totally worth it for me to teach in Indonesia once a week when my kids are sleeping so that I can spend a couple hours having lunch or help stuff folders or set up the book fair. So... Yeah, they're, they're, some of these things might have been necessary failures uh, to drive me to have more flexibility and more patience for myself, but I'm very, very grateful for them. And it's also taught my kids that I, I see myself and I'm always trying to improve and get better and it's 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 okay but to have to get fall and get back up again but I'm never gonna stop Um, the grind is good and failure makes me grind harder so to all of you out there doing it and grinding every day don't be mad that you're grinding every day Get back up and do it because your kids are watching and they are proud and they are learning from you. And, you know, keep running. Keep running every single day. Whatever you have to do to put one foot in front of the other, you got this. And there's a whole community of people um, out there doing the same thing and feeling the same way. So thank you for listening. And... I'll see you next time.